Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Pullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. We are acting as your lead blocker to fantasy excellence. We're paving the way to fantasy glory, winning all these football-related fantasies and hopefully making them all come true, at least the football-related ones. I'm your host, Matt The Truth Jones. With me, as always, uh, Professor Wolfenstein, official. He, he's the, the wolf's out, the professor's in, um, and we're glad to have him. Uh, this is all quarterbacks, 2023, as the quarterback position has seemingly, at least in my estimation, gotten more and more and more important in fantasy. Would you say that's true, Wolf? 100%, yeah. We'll make sure to hit like an overall positional preview and overall strategy after we get through this top 20, but 110%. We used to, and we've always been, wait on QB, wait on QB. Opportunity cost is so high when you got to burn one on just a single position quarterback, and there's such a, a high supply low demand given you only need to start one. It's different now because that one starter can now be getting you nearly 30 points a week, which is crazy. So we definitely have to reconsider when we're going to invest, who we're going to invest in, who makes it worth that early jump. And if you miss on those guys, when should you wait for? Uh, it, but it's, it's such a different landscape. Absolutely truth. You're 100% right. From the five years we've been doing this or so, it has changed dramatically. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got the anchor of your team, like you said, putting up 30 a game. And, I mean, for some of these guys, that's conservative. Um, yeah. And you got that and, you know, say you're playing somebody who gets 20. Well, I mean, that's a massive edge, probably a bigger edge than you're going to get usually uh, at one of the other positions. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this episode because uh, I want to pick your brain a little bit and I'll tell you a couple of my thoughts as well. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, we'll, we'll run through the, what the top 20 or so here. We'll go through the tiers as well. That's really the, the difference between just going through a top 20 list. The tiers is really important. We'll talk about why we've tiered them the way we've tiered them. We'll then dive into just an overview as we were just hinting at, and then we'll recap it all with my top three targets, my top three fades. We'll crush it. And if you're enjoying the content, whether you're here live or if you're catching that replay, as always, the thumbs up is so greatly appreciated. We're going to be crushing it, too, these next couple of weeks because I do have a, a wedding, a honeymoon. July is going to be pretty shot, so we are loading it up. I know, my man, you're joining me for the majority of that, so keep checking back. Keep it that sub button. We'll do running backs tomorrow, wide receivers, and tight ends next week, and then it's the pre the projections preview that so many of you have come to love where we go division by division and project it. So we've got a, we've got a loaded June for you folks. So if you haven't subbed already, Make sure you join the Roto Street Journal Wolfpack. And let's, let's dive in. I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> what are you waiting for if you haven't subbed yet? Do it. Also, you said I'm joining you for life. I'm joining you for the wedding. I'm actually going to see you in person for the yeah, first time. Hell yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's been so long um, since we got together. I can't wait. I know. It'll be fun. Uh, obviously, obviously, there will be many people there, so I probably won't get too much of your attention, but still going to be a good time. Um, you're, you're the only one I'm focused on, not even Hillary. Well, uh, truth. It's just going to be all about you that night. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> all right. Um, let's get into tier one. Um, and of course, this tier, you have called them the fantasy gods tier, which I appreciate. I called it the yes, please tier, having not seen uh, what you put in the agenda yet. Either way, the yes, please tier, the fantasy gods tier. We are talking about Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Um, as a guy who owned Jalen Hurts last year, I can tell you, uh, I, I, my team was pretty mediocre, and he made them a legitimate playoff team. 100%. That's the edge we were alluding to in the intro. One of these three guys, any one of them, you take your pick. You know, it, it, I have obviously a one, two, three, and we'll talk about who I go and why, because one ultimately one is going to outscore the other, but you're going to be getting around 26 to 30 points per game from all three of these guys. 
And the big thing, as you see with Allen and Jalen Hurts, is that Konami code upside. That's really how the game has changed. Pat Mahomes is just a god of his own with that arm. But let's start at the top. Who do I have one? If you're considering a guy, I don't think you can really go wrong, but you can be more right. And for me, the number one guy actually is not number one on ECR, ADP, or an underdog. That's Josh Allen, despite being the quarterback one, quarterback one, and quarterback two the past three years. He's got the cannon arm, the Konami goodness. You don't need me to sing his praises. But what's blowing my mind is how people forget last year, before the week nine elbow, really significant injury that he gutted it out, he played through, he was averaging nearly 28 points per game, would have been the most we've ever seen at the quarterback position. The games one through eight, he had five of those eight games over 30 points. I mean, it was just clockwork. You were getting 30 or more. If you had Josh Allen in your leagues, you understand you're probably seven and one, eight and oh, you were killing it. And then he did really get limited. Now he still consistently put up 20. That's just how valuable his legs were, but he couldn't throw it at all and still was regularly yeah, putting up was, 20 or so fantasy points. It, it was not Exactly. And you're saying for half the season, he couldn't throw it. Exactly. I don't know how he couldn't be the QB one. I mean, I don't like, I get it. These other guys are great. Like I said, Hurts mm-hmm. carried me all year. I mean, rushing touchdowns were just insane. I don't know how you could not have Allen one. I don't get it. He was averaging over three points more per game than both Mahomes and Hertz when he was healthy, which is just three points or three points. But when you're trying to pull out these pins and needles to compare these guys, it really does make a significant difference uh, over that long stretch. You also add in Dalton Kincaid, a potential red zone monster, a big slot of guy of a tight end. Love that. And yes, sure, the team is saying he's going to run less. We have Damian Harris now, and that's probably true. Maybe his rushing touchdowns do get eaten into a little bit by Damian Harris, but you know when the, it's a clutch type of games, they're not going to hold their most dangerous weapon out from running at the stripe. So I still love Josh Allen. He's still my clear-cut number one guy. Of these still games. somebody outscores him in a season where he was healthy. Like, I'm going to just assume, I'm gonna keep running it back with him. A hundred percent. Of course, number two, I mean, you, no one's going to, like, give you a side eye if you pick Pat Mahomes. Yeah, the consensus QB1 by ECR ADP on underdog. And what can you say? The highest floor player at any position in fantasy. He loses Tyree Kill and has his best season yet. It makes no sense. I don't get why that happened. Yet he's always been the quarterback one, six, two, four, and one in his five years. He's been top five in points per game every single year. To me, he just doesn't have quite the ceiling of Josh Allen because he doesn't run as much. But man, to do what he did, and now, you know, another whole offseason with Kadarius Tony. I think a very explosive weapon. They add Rasheed Rice, who he's had a great rapport with so far in early OTAs. If they had DeAndre Hopkins, maybe I could flip this and then have Mahomes up at one. But I just don't see the weaponry or the leg power to contend with Josh Allen, assuming Josh Allen stays healthy as much as I love Mahomes. And, and I was worried last year, losing Tyreek. I thought it was going to have a negative impact. But the fact that he performed how he did, my one other question with this is how he's going to hit the wall at some point, right? Like he's almost 35 at a certain point. He is just going to drop off and can Mahomes sustain without Kelsey. We know he can do it without Hill. So probably yes, the answer is yes, but that's going to be, I think a deeper blow just given how, how much of a safety blanket that's been for him over the years. <laughs> I mean, ultimately we yeah. can never tell Mahomes though. So like, I, I agree with you. First of all, I do think losing Kelsey would be a bigger blow. I also agree with you that I think he would figure out a way to still be yeah. awesome. And no as far as like, Kelsey's almost 35. Well, I mean, it's like 
he had another great year. Like I'm not oh, going to yeah. plan. I'm not going to plan for the year being like, what if he drops off? Like right. he has it. I've seen excellent, 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 excellent. I'm going to assume that that is going to remain the case until it's not, you know, it's just like how I was with the jets. It's like, I'm going to assume they suck until they prove to me. They don't. Uh, Kelsey has earned uh, me thinking he's going to be great next year. When, and when you said uh, Mahomes has the highest floor of any player, the only other guy I thought of was Kelsey. Seriously, as safe as it gets, both of those guys. And if you can stack them up, especially an underdog, yeah. I'm seeing a lot. I've done it myself a bunch. You got to love it. You can't go wrong. QB3 is obviously then Jalen Hurts. He's quarterback 2-1 underdog, but quarterback 3 in ADP and ECR right now. He was the quarterback one last year in points per game, but he has missed two games in both seasons. And I know two games. Again, we're, we're talking about the top, the elite of the elite. If I'm spending a top two pick on a quarterback, I got to find those little bids and needles to, to pick at here. He does, though, 10 and 13 rush touchdowns, 750 plus rush yards in back to back seasons, the best line in football. No one's more dangerous at the goal. And honestly, even maybe among running backs, just because when he gets under center, he has an inch to go. The squats, the legs, he's such a strong driver when he gets in there. So I love Jalen Hurts. You know you're getting double-digit rushing touchdowns. You know him and A.J. Brown have that beautiful rapport, even better than we could have imagined. And just to summarize the tier, I mean, you really can't go wrong. To me, I just think Hurts has a lower floor to a similar ceiling as the other guys. But all three of these guys – the only way I look at him, how to separate him, I do think Allen, if you're just in a vacuum and you have no other incentive, but let's say you have A.J. Brown in round one, Kelsey in round one, or Diggs. Honestly, I'd be happy to stack them with the quarterback that I got. That's how close these guys are, that I could let the first round pick dictate which one I go to in round two. But I only really am getting these guys if they fall to round three. I just think there's too many good running backs and receivers in round two to pass up on. But if you did it, I, you, you can't blame. I can't blame you, especially if you feel and if you follow the, the Rotary Street Journal, you'll know you'll be able to find those later round gems, those penny stocks. You'll be able to work the waiver wire. I really think I'm going all in on early quarterbacks this year. Truth, these three are just so safe. I, I'm gonna have a hard time avoiding them. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, but at, like you said, as, as these guys fall to round three, I'm interested. But as you, we're going to see as we hit these next couple of tiers, there's there's plenty other good options on the board, if not on the level of these guys. Real quick before we hit tier two, um, <laughs> super chat. Wolf is live from Steven. Uh, he says, let me get that shirt. Tell me why Miles Sanders won't be a league winner, because he will be. Have a great one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we got to answer a super chat in the offseason. Thank you so much, right. Steve. And this goes out to everybody. Toss in your questions. I know Truth might have to get out of here, but I'll be happy to answer it. If you're here with us, this early in the offseason, we'll be more than happy to answer any questions you've got. we got our guy, Roth Tabis Kane, back in here as well. Love to see some familiar faces. Thanks for coming in. Of course, that thumbs up button does help. But Steve, Miles Sanders, it's a tricky one to me because Frank Reich has historically liked committees. I know he rode Jonathan Taylor, but that took, when he was a rookie, it took Jordan Wilkins getting hurt for him to actually turn to Taylor. So he's got a committee ridden past. We already have Reich talking up Chuba Hubbard as well. Now I know they signed Sanders to a huge contract. They've hyped him up as a three down back as well. Reich has a history with him over from their Philly days. So I like Miles Sanders, but we're going to talk about running backs more tomorrow. So I'd say come back tomorrow if you really want to dive into Sanders. He goes around you know, Joe Mixon and Damian Pearson. Guys, I just really like more of them. I don't see the league winning upside just because I don't 
One, love the overall offense. The line is significantly underrated. I like the Panthers line. I do think Bryce Young can help this offense take a step, but they have about four to five more steps to contend with Joe Mixon and the Bengals and, and different guys going around his price tag. So honestly, I'm not getting a ton of Miles Sanders right now, even though I do like the player. He's been inconsistent. He has a sketchy injury history as well. I don't love the offense. I just... It, it, Miles Sanders, I've never really been a big Sanders guy. I, I don't see him ever being a league winner and certainly not with the Carolina Panthers. What about you, Truth? I concur 100%. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, guess, guess we're on the same page then. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's hit tier two. Um, and the Wolf calls this the uh, the tier that has the upside to get to the God tier. Uh, mm-hmm. potentially. I call them the Konami upside tier because, you know, it's Fields and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And the reason I don't have a ton of that earlier tier is because of how much further Justin Fields falls and how close I think he is to that God tier. The price discrepancy in these guys does not match just how much upside Justin Fields has compared to that elite tier. He's my quarterback four. He's the quarterback six in ECR and ADP quarterback five on underdog. And I think you're getting an absolute steal with this guy. Because one, the rushing upside, we saw he already set two single game records with 178 and 147 yards. Incredible. And everybody that had Justin Fields last year knows how should, in fact, if you had Justin Fields to start last year, you probably didn't finish with him because he was cut bait through the first five, six weeks. Abysmal. The offensive play calling was horrendous. They had him not running at all. You have a Ferrari that you just keep parked in the garage and trying to play pocket. The definition of jamming a square peg into a round hole. They finally let the kid loose in week seven, and bam, he averages 25.4 fantasy points per game behind only Mahomes and Hurts for the season. If that was his average, he, as we said, went nuts with those running records, insane stuff from this guy. And then you think that he was doing that while throwing to Dante Pettis, Equinemia St. Brown. I mean, just an abysmal barren weapons cabinet. You have DJ Moore join him. Unbelievable already. Rapport. The reports are glowing that this bond, it reminds me so much truth of that AJ Brown, you'll go into the kid's birthday party type of situation. They love one another is the report so far. DJ Moore is his reads first, second, third down. They look like best friends out there was the quote that came out today. The defender saying he's surprised with how fast they've developed this chemistry. You're going to see, you're going to see. One to two, you know, number one passing number two. You just love it. There's just such a clear-cut narrative, and it's the easiest recipe. We've seen it now two years in a row. Josh Allen gets digs, goes bananas. Jalen Hurts gets A.J. Brown, goes crazy. We already had Justin Fields going nuts, and you mix in this guy. To me, just keep it simple, stupid. It's so clear what this formula is. A true number one, and I think D.J. Moore is a bona fide number one, comes in forms that rapport, and vaults them to the next level. That's Justin Fields for you this year. Well, I mean, he rushed for, I want to say, like eleven or 1,200 yards on the season. Um, you can correct me on that if I'm wrong. But, I mean, that works out. That much, did he? I, I think, I feel like it was like, yeah, I feel like it was like eleven or 1,200. Check, fact check me on that. I because, will. <laughs> because... It wouldn't shock you if he had given, I mean, again, 178 in a single game. Like he had the upside to certainly rush for that career. Let me just check his uh, rushing stats real quick. Check it for me because yeah, it, it 143. Was... Holy shit. I mean, only, yeah, only like, Dick, I think. When I was a kid. Yeah. When I, and, it, and still now, I mean, I remember like I would collect football cards and they would like if some random running back 
rush for a thousand yards, he'd get like a special card or something like that. And I mean, like, and there were guys you'd never heard of sometimes. And you know, it was like a huge deal. This this guy's a quarterback, dude. And this yeah. isn't like, oh, well, there were 17 games, so that helped him. It's like, no, nah, man, he went way over a thousand. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. a lot of fantasy points. You know, yeah. and I mean that that compensates for the fact that I feel like he only passed for maybe like twenty five hundred yards, twenty four hundred yards, something like that. But that rushing upside, I mean, if he's going to approach anything like that, I mean, I think he's, I think he's a significantly like worse football player than like your Allen or your Mahomes or even like your Herbert, Herbert or Burrow or whatever. But like that's an average of, I don't know how many points a game, like what eight or nine bonus points a game yeah, plus yeah, right. on the ground running given the touchdowns too he was averaging i feel i saw this stat the other day i think it was 15.6 like just rushing points on the season and That's then you, it, it's nuts and then you mix in the fact that the passing points should go up so significantly with dj Moore, and you can get this guy you have three studs lined up first and then you can get justin fields you know I love it. I love building my teams around Justin Fields right now. I see the potential and I see why you would do that. And and with me, I'm a little bit – yeah, he has the weapons now. He's got the weapons cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a little bit lukewarm on is this guy a decent passer. And we're going to find out because, yeah. like, you know, he was passing a garbage last year. You're right. That's a legit excuse. Um, we'll see what his passing numbers are because if he becomes – like a good fantasy passing quarterback, like he could be number one on this list. And this was the same. I, I feel like deja vu because this oh, yeah. was the same exact conversation for Jalen Hurts, and and, and not to, not on you. Everybody talking that way. Like I'm not sold on him as a passer, but man, if that does ever click, it just took one weapon for it to really click for Jalen Hurts, and boom, quarterback one in points per game. It, you said it really could be there for Justin Fields. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Lamar Jackson, who held out for a long time. And um, I, I don't remember if the conversation was with you or with somebody else. Somebody was telling me like, Oh, I think he's going to really regret like not having an agent. And I was like, no, he's not. He's going to get his $30 million to some dude like me who like, like did the paperwork or something yeah. like that, you know, like great move by Lamar. He got the money. Uh, he's on the squad. Obviously, he's the original Konami upside guy. I guess Michael Vick's maybe the original Konami upside guy. But, yeah. uh, you know, Lamar, we, we've seen it, right? But Absolutely. I like him more than Lamar. And I, know, I, I feel like most lists have Lamar above him. They sure do. So I have him at quarterback five. He's the quarterback four by ECR, ADP, and also on underdog. Going about 10 or so overall picks more than uh, Justin Fields right now, which I think is just asinine because in a vacuum, I would actually take Fields straight up. And certainly when you factor in the cheaper price tag, Lamar, most likely a third round pick, you get a full round discount on Justin Fields right now. But that doesn't mean I'm down on Lamar in general. I think he could absolutely return to those 2018 levels. It's been a while since we've seen it. Quarterback 10, quarterback 16, and quarterback 16 since that MVP year. Now, a lot of that is due to missed time, and that's part of the risk with Lamar when you run so much as him. You take bigger hits, and it can and it can happen. You just get injured. And that does suck. He has been top six in points per game in two of those three years, but quarterback, actually only just one of them, quarterback nine and quarterback 10 in points per game in the others. So it really just has not been pretty, but I'm giving him a pass because I think just for one, Greg Roman's the worst play caller, just slow, boring, run, run, run. It's a good run scheme, but that's all you can say for it. You have Todd Munkin come in 
And I absolutely love Monk. And he engineered that Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston bombshell just a couple seasons ago, ranking 16th, 3rd, 4th, and 19th in pass attempts across his four seasons. He's top 10 in pass TDs in three of those four years, top four in pass yards in two of four. You compare that to Greg Roman, 32nd, 32nd, 28th in pass attempts. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out he's going to be throwing Lamar Jackson significantly more. And if you needed more clues about that, Odell Beckham gets signed. They draft, say, Flowers in round one still. You got them Bateman returning. That's three, you know, really, really good number twos and with potential for one of them to emerge as a bona fide alpha. I love those three weapons. Of course, you have Mark Andrews still there. I think this is going to be very, very close to that 2018 season for Lamar Jackson, it's especially because you think so much of his damage happened on broken plays. If he's passing more, oh, well, you know, that's taken away the thing that made him so dangerous. Sure, maybe less designed runs, but sometimes those huge chunks come on a broken scramble where it's a deep, this is an air raid offense. The receivers are going to be going deep. There's going to be space underneath that if he breaks one tackle, that's going to be 30, 40 yards. Just I guarantee he's going to have one of those type of runs every single game. I, I love this offense for him. I love Lamar, the player. It's really close between him and Fields for me. I just factoring, is, of course, the discount for Fields, but even in a vacuum, I just think we've seen Lamar and we know what he could hit. Obviously, if he hits 2018, incredible. But the last few years have to leave just a little bit of lingering bad taste on the mouth, whereas we've only seen Fields going up, 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 and now you add that next weapon and he could really take off. I just feel like we don't have quite that ceiling with Lamar at this point, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Munkin, more so than an added player, could have that type of impact. Yeah, um, I'm no, I'm nowhere near. When you say we've seen Lamar, like yeah, we have seen him. We, the last three years, he hasn't been better than quarterback ten. Like you know, we said last year, we we faded Lamar last year, and yeah. for like for and we were right. And yeah. and for for a couple of weeks, we looked like idiots. He really crammed it up our ass, and we were just like. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, YouTube came at us hard. Oh man, we got yeah, roasted. They, they, they did, but but like you know, it's kind of like when when uh. Remember when YouTube came at me when I said Tyreek Hill was going to be better than OBJ. And it's like, yeah, you can come at me now. Come talk to me after week 16 or whatever. Like, I mean, we were right about Lamar. And, yeah, he made us look stupid for a couple of weeks. Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be buying Lamar at quarterback five, personally. And, and I don't think it's that close between him and Fields. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I thought Fields was a joke before he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. He really was not, though. No. Oh man, how he turned his year around last yeah, I, year. I, I'm, I'm fading. I'm fading Lamar at least at that price. And I, I, and I, I am too. He ended up as much as I just raved about him. Given that he's more expensive than Fields, and I like Fields better, I almost never. I actually only have one draft where I have Lamar so far, and that was just kind of to force it in because I've taken so much Fields. I was like, well, if Lamar really blows him out of the water. I want at least one Lamar team at this point. And if you told me one one or more of these guys was was going to have a better season than Lamar, I wouldn't be shocked, by the way. And they're going to do it in different ways. This is uh, obviously our tier three. This is your not quite God upside, but still elite quarterback one. You say they're strong five round, uh, round five investments. I'd say these guys are the stand in the pocket, big passing tier. Um, the only reason they don't have the God upside, I think you would agree, is because there's no there's no legs bonus for the most part. It's not like we haven't seen Trevor Lawrence run. We have, but it's it's not the same thing. You know, it's comparing apples and oranges when you're talking about Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence as far as running. But these guys are all potentially blow up quarterbacks, like guys where you're thrilled that they're on your team. Could be throwing for five touchdowns in games and stuff like that. 
that, of course, is Justin Herbert, who you've got at the top of the tier, who's also the one I like the best. Uh, Joe Burrow and then Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, I, he was another guy where I was like, you got to prove it to me. Um, he kind of started to do that. He's got a big weapons cabinet now. I actually agree with you. I, I, I like him at the bottom of this tier. Yeah, 100%. I even almost considered a tier 3.5 and Trevor Lawrence's. I'll never take Trevor Lawrence over either of these guys, so I don't necessarily have him in the same tier, but I also take him above every single person in the next tier after that. So to me, he's a tier 3.5. We'll talk about that in a second. But the first debate you have with this tier is Herbert versus Burrow. Which one do we go? And right now, the ECR, ADP, and on underdog all say you got to go Joe Burrow. The wolf says no. I say Justin Herbert. But honestly, it's similar to the top tier. Both of these guys are going to be phenomenal. I just think Justin Herbert could actually break fantasy, whereas we know what Burrow is. So let's break down both of these guys. The consensus is awesome. two. They're, they're both awesome. awesome. I mean, we love them. As, as like an actually building your franchise around them, Joe Burrow probably only behind Pat Mahomes on that like real life list for me. Love the guy real life-wise. Let's talk fantasy-wise, though why I go Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow. First, this guy's consensus QB2. Coming in fresh off 5,000 yards, 38 TDs, the next great thing, going to take over the league. Joe Lombardi's an absolute idiot, his coach. He completely takes away the deep ball. He doesn't do the things that Herbert does well. Also, losing Keenan Allen really did hurt the overall mojo of this offense, just given how steady he is at converting the chains, moving and sustaining drives. So losing him for over half the year, Definitely took a big impact. But now you get Keenan Allen back. A lot of rumblings he was going to be gone. He's back. Not only that, but Quentin Johnson is added. One of the most explosive rookies. The only big guy in this class that also drips in some size speed potential here. Staley saying this was the best player on the field when we scouted him against Georgia. Nobody else popped nearly as much as him on both sides of the ball. Uh, so that's just a really high compliment there. And they went out and go get him. So you got an explosive cabinet. But what I really love, I hinted at Joe Lombardi being a complete moron. Well, he's out and Kellen you Moore is in. You can just uh, say it directly. Kellen Moore, baby. It is the best truth. He was reined in by Dallas after going bananas the first two years. In three years with Dak, they were first, first, and then 11th in total yards. Reined in by McCarthy that last year. Sixth, first, and fourth in total points. So he still had a pretty good total points season last year. Second, second, and then 14th in passing yards. Fifth, third, ninth in passing TD. So even while getting reined in, this offense was still solid. He gets fired for throwing too much and putting too many points up for the board. I mean, I think that's what his job is as the offensive coordinator. <laughs> you then pair him up with Brandon Staley, one of the more aggressive play callers, aggressive, just overall-minded coaches. I think he's just going to let Herbert come out and sling, sling, sling. And then you do mix in. This is the one other reason why I like Herbert above Joe Burrow. There's some real sneaky athleticism here. In fact, if you just look at his combine measurables, he's a better athlete than Josh Allen in most of those categories. Now, he did, wasn't the runner of Josh Allen in college. That's not his game. I understand that. He's not going to suddenly become an 800-yard rusher. But we do know Kellen Moore loves to call RPOs at the goal line. Dak himself had your six, seven rushing touchdowns while playing with Kellen Moore. That made Dak such a fantasy cheat code when they were actually letting Kellen Moore just unleash the rock with Dak. So I think you mix in seven to eight potential rushing touchdowns now with Justin Herbert. So a sneaky Konami upside, Kellen Moore taking off the training wheels, just letting him rip it. I love it. Now, Joe Burrow, I mean, what's not to love? He's a lock for 4,500 yards, 35 TDs. But to me, it's like 
ceiling and floor meet each other. I don't think he's going to go much above that. I don't think he's going to go anything really below it. So nice, safe, locked in. You have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, obviously the best duo in the league. And Burrow, best line he's ever had with Orlando Brown now coming in, shifting Jonah Williams. You had a good season from left to right tackle. They secure the interior as well, Ted Karras. And just a, this line's going to be by far the best he's had. So maybe there is a ceiling that I'm not really considering, given that he'll have all day to throw. But I just think we've seen Burrow back-to-back years do the exact same thing. And I think that's exactly what we're going to get again, which is great. It's really awesome. You know, quarterback five, quarterback six, those two years. Nothing to complain about, but to me, Herbert actually has that ceiling to just go out and throw 50 touchdowns potentially. Where I think Burrow, I mean, Burrow really could too, though. The more you think about it, the best line he's ever had in these weapons. Like, I, I, I love them both, but I do go Herbert for just a little bit more rushing upside. And just, I like the play calling aggressiveness a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, if, if you had a gun to my head, who do I want to win a game? I would take Burrow. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. We're talking fantasy, but yes. yeah. Yeah, I hear you, and I, I like them both about equally. But I mean, actually, I, I agree, Herbert slightly more. I would say mostly. God, I mean, you know, it's so funny when you make a case for Herbert, and then you're second guessing yourself the whole way. And I was about to start making a case, and then I was like, Nah. I was like, I was about to be like, Oh, his weapons are so good. And then I was like, Yeah, the other guy's got Jamar Chase. <laughs> He's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean. They're they're both pretty awesome. And they're both like they're both like tough as nails too. Yeah. Remember when Burrow got I forget what his injury was. It was like a thumb or something, and he was and it was like it just was like terrible. It was like mangled, and he kind of is wincing, and he's just throwing on the sidelines anyway. Yeah. I, I I forget what when it was. It was like two years ago or something. But I was just like, man, that guy is tough as shit. He is. Yeah. Anyway. Absolute leader. Absolute warrior. Love the guy. And as we alluded to, Trevor Lawrence. He's right around this tier. I can't make half tiers in my ranking, so he is technically tier three. I'd never take him above either of these guys in any universe, but I think quarterback eight is firmly locked in. There's nobody that actually move above him at he this did. point. Uh, and then when you look at the ADP two on underdog, the next quarterback goes 20 picks after him. So it is a pretty big drop-off in drafts as well. He's the quarterback eight in fantasy points last year, quarterback 12 in points per game. But now you have... Second year with Doug Peterson, just another year in the system. You'd love to see that. More importantly, Calvin Ridley could have that same exact impact that we were hitting at with DJ Moore. When he's healthy and he's got his mind right, Calvin Ridley is every bit as good, if not better, than DJ Moore. So he could have that true bonafide number one impact on Trevor Lawrence here as well. That's a big if. We don't know if Ridley will make it through the season and how he's going to look so far. The, The reports are glowing that he's at a different level than any other receiver they have in training camp. And they have some good weapons behind Calvin Ridley. Zay Jones blew up last year. Christian Kirk was damn dangerous in the slot. You have Evan Ingram coming back as well. I mean, we got a lot of speed, a lot of yak monsters, and a good pass-happy coach in Peterson. There's tons to love about Trevor Lawrence, but he's a little bit limited. He can run. We saw some glimpses of that too. And I love the way he closed out 2022. Those weeks 12 to 15 that he kind of was rested for that playoff matchup against uh, the uh, Titans kind of in regular season playoff matchup. But in weeks 12 to 15, we had 30 points out of Trevor Lawrence in three of his last four games. If he ended up doing that for, you know, similar to Josh Allen levels, nobody would be shocked. This was like the, the best can't miss prospect since Peyton Manning. And we saw a lot of reasons why last year. And I do think there's still another step, especially when you get a guy like Calvin Ridley, that Trevor Lawrence could take his game. I've seen a lot of like this year's Jalen Hurts comparisons for Lawrence and they're not, you know, perfectly valid. I, I really, really like Trevor Lawrence. I this these top eight 
I think it's very warranted that this is like a big 20 to 30 pick gap after these big eight. Cause that's when I'm starting to think, okay, I don't necessarily need a quarterback until round 10 or 11 if I don't get one of these eight, but I, I really hope to get one of them in most drafts. Agreed. Small, small thing. You said, um, First can't miss prospect since Peyton Manning. I, I would argue Andrew Luck would belong in that. Oh, category. yeah, yeah, that's true. You kind of um, forget that guy even existed. I know. Isn't it weird that he just doesn't play football anymore? I know. <laughs> and he was so fun, too. Oh, yeah, he was, he was fun. I, I miss him. I I, always, I don't think he's coming back. Um, no. But, yeah, I mean, the, the can't miss quarterback prospects in my life were uh, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and Trevor Lawrence. And – you know, Luck had a short career, but Elway is obviously an all-time great. Peyton Manning's an all-time great. Luck would have been an all-time great. Um, and so this guy's can't miss. You know, it would stand to a reason that yeah. he, he's going to be great for a while. Because usually when people are that sure, it's like LeBron or something. It's like when people, when everybody consensus is that sure about somebody, right. there's usually something to it. And, I, and we started seeing it. You know, we started Absolutely. seeing it. Um, this might be my last tier, Wolf. Um, totally get it. I'm loving the content. Um, the tier four quarterbacks, uh, the Wolf has this tier labeled the remaining quarterback ones. I have them as the you could do a lot worse tier. <laughs> it's a good way to label it. Absolutely. And this is where I definitely do, as you hinted at, want my top. I, I need to have a quarterback by the end of this tier. And they typically fall to around 9, 10 range. The one that falls the furthest of this tier is actually at the top of the tier for me, and that's Daniel Jones, my quarterback nine. He's the quarterback 12 in ADP and ECR. He falls all the way to quarterback 14 on underdog, and I'll go out and say it right now, Daniel Jones is the single biggest steal in underdog drafts that you can get. There's no player I have more ownership in right now. I have nearly 40 We got him a couple times. Every single draft we've done, we've taken him, and I have 40% stake in him right now. I hate the Giants. I've always hated them. But, man, do I love this offense with Brian Dayball at this point. He was the quarterback 10 last year, throwing the absolute dog mess. But that actually doesn't even hint at how damn good he became. After those growing pains, similar to Justin Fields, he, Justin Fields gets the pass, but not a lot of people recognize. Daniel Jones only had one top 12 week in weeks one through six. They were feeding Saquon. It was a slow, boring offense. And then Dayball just decided, let's see what we got in this kid. Let's see if we want to commit to him. And from week seven on, the only quarterbacks that outscored Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. List ends there. So he was the quarterback six. And, I mean, those six, five's names above him, that's a pretty damn good list to be behind at this point. He had more points per game, Daniel Jones, than Trevor Lawrence last year. 60% of his games were top 12. And when you go to those last you know, seven on, almost 80% of those games were top 12 at that point. Three of them of his last 10 games went above 30 points. That's rare stealing to find that late in round 10. And this, again, similar to Justin Fields, he had no one to throw to last year. Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins were his number one guys. Now you add Darren Waller, who by all accounts is ripping up OTAs. Most people project him to lead this team in targets. He's moving outside, inside, all over the place as a weapon. Paris Campbell's no world beater, but he's better than Richie James, who went on a significant tear to end last year out of the slot. A very dangerous yak guy who's flashing that. And Jalen Hyatt. A great rookie, you know, a little raw, but when he does finally click, and he's been working with Danny J every day after practice, according to the athletic, 
I think these weapons is a significant upgrade for a quarterback that already was thriving with less. He's the only quarterback that has 700 or more rushing yards last year that also had five or less interceptions. So he really reigned in the decision-making. He has, of course, 700 plus rushing yards. I mean, there's vanilla Vic as his teammates call him. There's Konami upside. There's more passing upside with these weapons and the price tag. As I said, there's no quarterback. I have more of so far an underdog drafts than Daniel Jones. I think he's the single best pick you can make in fantasy football right now. Yeah, I can't believe that the consensus has him below a lot of these guys. I like him for a lot of the reason that you said he's another guy that 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 had to prove it because, I mean, we were laughing at him for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, when he was a rookie and had Pat Shermer, he had glimpses of a really, yeah, really strong play. I mean, we're all going to remember the clip of him falling down. In the yeah. Well, oh, my God, the sniper getting him. Yeah, that, that was brutal. Uh, but he has not had a legitimate – it's some, similar to Mac Jones with, with – you know, Matt Patricia, he just doesn't have a legitimate play caller yet until, you know, Pat Shermer had his glimpses, looked good with an actual NFL mind. Brian Dable, one of the best minds you can possibly ask for, clearly on display. And his first year, I think it's only going to get ratcheted up a notch. I think the Giants could be one of those teams that become like a 28 to 30 point a game. And everyone's like, why didn't we have wow. Daniel Jones in our, our top five quarterbacks? If that happens, I'm going to win a lot of money this year because I have a ton of Daniel Jones in these underdog drafts. And I mean, how does it fail, Truth? Like, is Daniel Jones just a one-year wonder, and that's how it fails? And I don't think it fails. I really don't. I don't see the real risk here with him. I feel like his game, and I don't have data in front of me, although you gave a lot of a, a lot of good numbers. I feel like his game is a high percentage game. If that makes sense, like From it's it's like line. yeah, yeah. That I mean, it's like <laughs> I don't I don't feel like it re relies on amazing precision and stuff that like other guy like you know there's like a, two guys in the world that can do or anything. Like I feel like he's gonna get his rushing yards and some touchdowns. I feel like his passing just has to be competent. And yeah, so I mean, I think his floor is is fairly high. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to those college type of schemes where you just see receivers running open and you wonder, how does that happen at the NFL level? But it does. That's how smart Daniel is. He's Darius Slayton, 60 yards wide open downfield, and, and he can deliver it, Danny J. So, yep. yeah, single best pick you can make. I don't have to go you know, too in-depth with these other guys just because if you're at this tier and this is where you're going to invest in quarterback, go Daniel Jones. I mean, I, I can not emphasize that enough. But just to hint on a few of these guys, I love Tua next. He's my quarterback 10. He's also the quarterback 11 in ADP and ECR, quarterback 12. It's easy to see why. I don't necessarily love Tua, the player. I love his accuracy. I love his ability to hit receivers in stride and let him do his thing. And that fits perfectly with what Mike McDaniels wants to do. Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, you know, high percentage throws and let them do their thing. You don't have to be great in order for that to succeed. In fact, Mike White's the backup quarterback behind him. If he was the starter here, I honestly probably would consider Mike White a top 15 fantasy guy given oh, just the weaponry in the scheme. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I love the way this division has now shaked out into maybe the most explosive division in football with if Rodgers and the Jets can pick it up, if Matt Jones and Bill O'Brien really click as they have so far in OTAs, and of course you got the Bills. This could be a weekly shootout type of division if all things work out here. And obviously the Dolphins will have a lot to say about that with Mike McDaniels coming into his second year. He was so damn impressive in his first year. I can only imagine how great this will be. In fact, a lot of the early OTAs are like Tyree Kill's floor was last year, which was 119 catches and like 1,800 yards. A lot of them are saying the way he's looked in year two, somehow Tyree Kill has a new level to his game given his second year in the system. I imagine that's also true for Tua and the other weapons here that will only rise. It's 
I just love everything about Mike McDaniels and the weapons here. So if Tua, the risk, of course, is health. You know, if, if you guaranteed me all 17 games from Tua, then I'd probably have him at quarterback seven or eight on this list. But I just don't think you can guarantee that. And that is a pretty big negative. I saw you kind of grimace yeah. when I said that. <laughs> this is this is the thing. You cannot understate the health thing. Yeah, you can't. I'm not an alarmist on stuff like this usually, but I, I, I man, if you take him at, at ten, you better take some real. You should probably take a quarterback with your next pick too, because like he, I, if you gave me, I would never make a bet like this because it's too morbid. But if you gave me like over under half the season, I'd probably go under. I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. It really is fair, and I think that's a perfect segue though, in that. If you take Tua, then take Kirk Cousins next because yeah. you, you just like the ultimate, like not a great ceiling, but complete beautiful floor. QB you say like, well, I don't want to have to decide between those guys week to week. Well, in my opinion, at some point you won't have to decide because I think no. Tua get concussed. And I mean, I wonder if he should even be playing football. Um, I mean, if you're just talking about weapons cabinet, stuff like that. Yeah, like you said, he's he's in tier three. Um, yeah. But you, I, you could never draft him there because I just – there's just something about it I don't like. I yeah. don't like it. And so I, I'm I'm not trying to be part of that. Uh I'm not trying to be part of that this year. You're not a two and on. You're not part of the gang there. No, no I'm not because I'm not because I've seen that guy so horribly. I mean, concussions are easier every time. And he's yeah. gotten some nasty ones. And when he has them, he's not one of those guys that gets a concussion and they kind of shake it off and and then they play concussed and they shouldn't have. Like he's like a stretcher guy. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I can like, picture. Remember, like the fingers, like that. Yeah, they were yeah. like, I didn't even know yeah. hands could do that. Yeah, like, yeah, that was that was scary stuff. I thought his career might have been over then. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not in the Tua market, but man, his weapons are undeniable. Undeniable, the schemes undeniable, and he is. He gained about 20 pounds of muscle. They're saying this offseason, and again, that doesn't necessarily mean he could gain it all around his brain. Yeah, exactly. Just 20 pounds of padding around his head yeah. uh, would be real nice for Tua. I just I can't pass up on year two in this scheme with these weapons at that price. If he did play all 16 games in a potential shootout division, I think Tua could go bananas. But I think you are right. right. It is smart to pair him up with a Kirk Cousins afterwards because you know you're going to get the full season out of Kirk. He's been the quarterback 11, 11, and 9 across his last three years. The ceiling's not incredible, but he did have a stretch where he went 31, 37, and 27 points in weeks 14, 15, and 16, leading a ton of owners to fantasy glory last year. He was a top 12 quarterback in over half of his games. So there is some solid boom potential with Kirk Cousins. Now it sounds like Dalvin Cook is going to be booted, meaning maybe more passing. Jordan Addison, nice crafty route guy added, perfect for the underneath Cousins. Another full offseason of TJ Hawkinson, good weapons cabinet. Good Rams-inspired offense and a, a guy that can deliver the fantasy goodness. So I think we're good for another forty-five hundred yards and twenty-nine to thirty-five touchdowns. Go on, Kirk Cousins. If you were, were going to serviceable, if you were going to compare Kirk Cousins to a meal, what would that meal be? Oh man, it's got to be. I, I think it's like a not a good steak, but it's a filling steak. Like a like what cut of steak would he be? It's you know it's a, a little overdone. Like yeah, a, a little like, overdone. A, little like overdone. a sirloin that's cooked not quite perfectly, but you still get a couple it's juicy bites. You it's know, still steak. he's still a quarterback. It's still steak. It's still going to serve you well. You're going to get a couple bites that you still really like, even if it's a little tough and overcooked most of the time. Yeah. I think that's kind of, you know, meat and potatoes, like a, a just a, and not great version meat, of either. Meat potatoes. potatoes, but not great meat, but potatoes. not great meat and potatoes. Like, exactly. but I mean, you're always going to at least somewhat enjoy meat. 
potatoes. You're never going to be pissed off unless it's really, really poorly cooked. And he's not poorly cooked. He's just a little bit overdone. Not expertly cooked. Not expertly cooked by any okay. means. You know, an expert, like Josh Allen, the, the pristine, like, you know, filet mignon cooked. Now that's a steak. That's medium rare. Like, yeah, ribeye, just perfection <laughs> type of thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rounding out this one, though. Probably should have done this for every quarterback, but for some reason. Yeah, yeah that's, every quarterback, what meal are they? Let's not even talk about their fantasy outlook. Let's just talk about what meal they are and let the people uh, decide on how they want to <laughs> go with that. Geno Smith. Geno uh, Smith. Let me know what you think Geno Smith is a meal after I rave about uh, some things here. Number one rated deep passer last year. We've talked about this before, but completed nearly 50%. Of his passes over 20 put 20 plus yards. That was first in the league, as were his 14 touchdowns compared to just two interceptions. Both were best in the league as well. He was the quarterback five. He had some huge spike weeks, but also was pretty steady with over half his games in the top 12. Never had a dud either. 94% of the games were top 24. So sure, yeah, that's not great for quarterbacks, but you never really got killed by him. And he certainly had some of those games where he wanted to. Now he's got the maybe best trio in the league. If, if Jackson Smith is as good as I think he is uh, with DK locking on the outside, an elite you know, Cooper cut potential level slot guy comes in here. I, he really is. He was better than Chris Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson. When they were all three together on the field two seasons ago, he was better. He outplayed them. He outsnapped. He, he, he had more yards than all of them. So if that carries over and he's that, I mean, think about how good those two weapons were. And the rookie season, if Jason is that good as a rookie and as his career, Gino's going to have a banana season. Quarterback five? I mean, he could easily repeat that, if not go even crazier. So I actually kind of like him more than Tua and more than Kirk Cousins the more I talk about him. I think I'm going to have to adjust these. I love Gino, and he's going right now at quarterback 15 on underdog. He goes about 20 picks later than a lot of these quarterbacks we just talked about. He goes around 120, late round uh, 11, 12, sometimes he even falls to. I think Geno Smith is one of the home run picks of the draft. Geno Smith is like some like some ethnic food that somebody um, like really pressured you to order. And like, they're like, oh, you got to try this. You got to try this. And you're like, I'm going to hate this. I really don't and want that. I, really want they talk <laughs> I had it once and it really did be bad. <laughs> right, right. And then you eat it and you're like, hmm. Whoa. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Like I'm trying to bites even better than the first, and you're like, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm trying to think what food that would be, but it's like, like something that somebody talked you into that you didn't think you were gonna like, but then it, it ended up being really good. It's like maybe you've had chicken chicken tikka masala, but then somebody yeah. said, get it spicy this time, and you know, try try a little extra heat to it, and then suddenly like, whoa, you know, just that added little you know, heat level. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some you had to be convinced into, and then you were glad they did. Yeah, um, Deshaun. Ugh. I don't even want to compare him to a food or something where there's like a chance it might be poisoned. Yeah, I think that exactly. Rat poison. <laughs> Deshaun Watson's a, po- a meal of rat poison. I know. It's so tricky because you look at the history, quarterback five every single year that he's played a full season and looked like the next young star at the position. I have him at quarterback 13. I think he's one of the most overpriced guys because even at 13, I feel a little queasy, but he's going as the quarterback nine on underdog quarterback nine in average draft position so far in early drafts. And I just don't get it. This one doesn't make any sense to me. 16.1 points per game, quarterback 30 in points per game last year. Didn't look good at all. Now, granted, yes, I know he didn't play for two seasons. Is he suddenly going to just reemerge as that guy we saw for three years? Could it happen? Maybe, but I don't think in a Kevin Stefanski offense that 
emphasizes the run. Your run sets up the pass, a, a, a 50-50 type of balance at best. I do like Eli Moore. I like that already in OTAs, a lot of no huddle, a lot of pushing the pace. But I just think this is a poor scheme player fit. And I don't even know if the player is a good fit in any scheme at this point based on what we saw last year. Maybe he rebounds, returns to that top five quarterback level. That ceiling is there. But I don't think so in this inside this offense. And honestly, I just don't think so as a player. He didn't seem to want it after that big, fat contract. I, I'm just not a Deshaun Watson guy anymore. And I loved him when he came into the league. He made us look great when we said he was going to be a league winner as a rookie. And he, he looked like it for until he got hurt and tore his ACL in practice. That, that was Remember that? That was like our first year ever at RSJ. And, and we were riding Deshaun Watson high and bam, tears his ACL. And ever since then, I just I had never been much of it. But the weapons are there. The, the past talent's there, but I think it's long past at this point. So I, I'm, I'm not, not a Deshaun Watson guy. Anymore. I'm not in the Deshaun Watson business. Now, give me Geno Smith over Deshaun Watson. And the fact that Deshaun Watson goes 30 picks right now ahead of Geno Smith, you know, oh, two, three full rounds, it, it's one of the more baffling things that you could possibly think of. All right, man, I'm out. Um, I will, uh, Good seeing you. I really enjoyed the show. I wish I could stay for the rest of it. Um, and everybody that tuned in, thanks. Uh, I'll be seeing you guys again soon. And uh, enjoy cute quarterbacks tier five, which I have called the quarterbacks you could talk yourself into. <laughs> Perfect. I'll knock these ones out of the park for you. Yeah. This fun, definitely reconnecting. We'll hit the running backs tomorrow. So everybody, if you enjoyed this, make sure you come on back. Or if you're catching the replay, I'm sure the running backs sitting there in the feed as well. So we'll hit those tomorrow. I'll definitely be able to get on a little earlier tomorrow. It's a busy day after school today. So we will, we will crush it tomorrow. So thanks again, Truth, for being here. Hey, guys. All righty. Cheers. So let's wrap up our quarterbacks here, folks, with this last tier. And these are the guys I, I would be pretty excited to have as a quarterback, too. But I really don't want them as my number one guy. I definitely want the guys that Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. I'll keep emphasizing that. There's one takeaway from this pod. It's draft Daniel Jones. Even if you get an earlier quarterback, I like him as a QB too, just so your opponents don't have him going against you. The steal of drafts so far. But this is my, you get him as a quarterback too, you're feeling good. A lot of these guys are going even earlier than some of those quarterback ones, in my opinion. And that's why I'm not going to have most of these guys on my roster. Starting at 14 is Dak Prescott. And I think he is one of the most overpriced guys going right now as the quarterback 11 and underdog. I have him, like I said, at quarterback 14. And there's a few reasons why I'm down on him. The first is Brian Schottenheimer comes in and his highest rank ever in pass attempts is 13th. All 11 other, so he's had 12 seasons in the league. All 11 other than that 13th ranked one have been well outside the top 15, including multiple at the lowest level. And that's with Russell Wilson. You're looking at the most efficient passer in the league. He's still never opened it up. And McCarthy's already said, we want to run, 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 use our defense, you know, grind it out with these games, with the run game, with the defense. So I don't like that. I do love the weapons here, though. I love Brandon Cook's addition. I don't think he's cooked yet. I think he can still take that top off the defense. Gallup is quote-unquote looking springy again, and I've always loved Michael Gallup as a player. And, of course, CeeDee Lamb, a bonafide stud. So we got the weapons. I do think Tack is as a quarterback. I've always really liked Dak and respected his game. He's got some mobility as well, some Konami potential. But I just think Schottenheimer and McCarthy are going to really rain. They already reigned the offense in as much as they could last year, and they reigned it in even further, and Dak disappoints. So at his price, I'm out on Dak. Jared Goff comes in as my quarterback 15 here. He's a tricky one 
because the offense as a whole, I really like their top four in overall points. They really like to push the pace. I think this offense will only continue to ascend when you add in a weapon like Jamison Williams. I think he's you know top 1% type of speed and athleticism, and he's reportedly taking his game to another level. I think this offense could blow up with, uh, with Jamison Williams there. The only issue is they love to just enforce their will on teams in the goal line with the run game. That's part of Dan Campbell's philosophy. Let's batter these guys, get our linemen fired up. They're one of the best run blocking leagues, and it works. I mean, Jabal Williams led the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year. I think David Montgomery is a fair bet to do the same. So that makes Jared Goff as steady of a floor as you'd think he'd have in a nice, consistent offense. Very boomer bust last year. Only a top 12 quarterback in 41% of the games. And when he busted, I mean, 10.2, 7.8, 12.8, 8.2. He had some really low duds because Jamal Williams had just run in three touchdowns. So for a guy that is quote-unquote safe, a little low floor here. That, I, the more I talk about him, the more I'm willing to bump him below Anthony Richardson, my quarterback 16. Now, in best ball, and this is why I do have a big board regular redraft and a big board for best ball. He's my quarterback 11 in best ball where you want to go for the home runs, you want to try to knock it out of the park so you can beat, you know, 500,000 other people and win 3 million on underdog code RSJ, baby. Check it out. Link is in the description. Anthony Richardson, though, insane upside. Drafted four overall by the Colts, six foot four, 244 pounds, four, four, three, 40, 40 and a half inch vertical because we need our quarterbacks to leap. I know it doesn't matter that much, but it just goes to show you the freak we are dealing with an absolute monster, strongest arm in the class as well, can drive it, deliver in every layer of the field and every window. The big thing is the accuracy, and that's why I'm a little lower on him. 53.8% completion percentage. He's a little bit more volatile in his decision-making, but lately in OTAs, everybody raving. He's much more pro-ready than a lot of people expected. I do love Jim Bob Cooter, the offensive coordinator they have, and even better, Shane Steckton, the uh, guy coming over from the Eagles, maximized Jalen Hurts' mobility. He also, with Justin Herbert as a rookie, set QB records for passing touchdowns, 31 yards per game, 289.1. He averaged nearly 23 points per game. That was five more points than he did last year. So Shane Steckman, the quarterback whisperer, now the head coach here. Don't forget Jalen Hurts ranked tied with Mahomes and uh, behind only Josh Allen in 21 to 2022. So you get 2023 here. This next weapon, Anthony Richardson, I do like, I like Pittman. I like Alec Pierce. The more I talk about Richardson and the fact that he could probably start day one, quarterback 16 was a glaring oversight on my end. I, I was worried that he was just going to be on the bench for about half the year, but the fact that he's got such glowing OTA reports, I'll tell you now, I know I have him at QB 11 in my best ball rankings. I'll probably put him right inside that tier around the Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, maybe ahead of those two guys. Uh, with some elite upside. So that will be an adjustment we make after this. And you can find all those workings at rotorstreetjournal.com slash big board. And then after him, you know, it just kind of rounds out the tier with my last remaining QBs I'd like to draft. Uh, again, as QB2s, one of them being Matthew Stafford. Now, I know, I know, I know, is his elbow done? Is he done? Has he hit the end of the road? Well, before last year, this guy was an absolute Iron Man. He played all 16 or more games in every season but one from 2011 to 2021. A good track record in that sense. Now, I know the elbow last year nearly fell off, but just the year before that, first arrives to the Rams, QB6, 4,800 yards, 41 passing touchdowns. And now, could the ceiling be even higher? Because they add Mike LaFleur as the offensive coordinator. 
If you don't know who he is, he came over from the Jets who oh, – he comes from the Jets way. Well, that's great, Wolf. In fact, the Jets led the league in pass attempts and pass yardage in any game not started by Zach Wilson. LaFleur loved to sling the rock. He loves he's – he's a McVay disciple too. These guys have coached together before. I think that brain pairing is going to be beautiful. So Stafford going at quarterback 21, an underdog right now, falling outside top 20 in regular redraft as well. At quarterback 17 for me, I think it is a great rebound by – I think Stafford could really, really surprise. Still got Cooper Cup, the best receiver in the league potentially. Uh, so I love Matthew Stafford. I have him even above Aaron Rodgers, who right now is going to the quarterback 16 on underdog, quarterback 14 in redraft, which I think is asinine. I know I'm not a Rodgers guy, never have been. Uh, and it's burned me every now and again in the past. But to me, I, one, Nathaniel Hackett's his offensive coordinator. I hate that. And yes, they worked together in Green Bay, but that was with LaFleur calling the plays, the older brother, LaFleur, calling those plays. It, I don't think Hackett has a brain. So I am very worried. I know Rodgers is kind of a QB and coach on the field, but I'm worried there. I love Garrett Wilson. I love the weapons. I just, with such limited mobility, no Konami upside, a bad offensive coordinator, a defense that's really competitive that might keep games close and, and keep shootouts down. I just don't see the narrative for Aaron Rodgers outside Garrett Wilson just being maybe the, the next Devontae Adams. Maybe that happened, but even when he had Devontae Adams, Rodgers was like a fantasy stalwart these last couple of years. You know, QB 14 last year. Yeah, I, I'm just not a big Rodgers guy. Never have been. And yeah, it's burned me sometimes, but don't love Rodgers. Now, rounding out my top 20, they're in the next tier, is Jordan Love taking over for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Love Christian Watson, love Mike LaFleur. I do like Romeo Dubs as well. So I think Jordan Love could really blow up. And then you got Russell Wilson, Sean Payton. Maybe that marriage is beautiful. And Russell Wilson rebounds in a big way. But that is my top 20 quarterbacks, folks. And I just want to kind of wrap it up here uh, by answering any questions you have. But to summarize here, I'm just going to type in three uh, quarterbacks. Uh, I am buying most. So who am I buying most at quarterback? Let's talk about those to kind of summarize what we went over. So the three quarterbacks, I have ultimately rostered the highest percentage. Number one is Daniel Jones. I'm going to keep reemphasizing that, but at his 10th round price right now, you got the 700 rush yards, Vanilla Vic, as his teammates call him, only five interceptions, really improved his decision-making last year, was the quarterback six in fantasy, after week seven, when they finally took the training wheels off and turned the keys over, he showed what he can do. They give him the big extension, and then they surround him with Darren Waller, Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt, in addition to bringing back all the other guys like Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton. No better investment than you can make than Daniel Jones in fantasy right now. But also, if you're going early, I love going Justin Fields. I think he's an absolute steal uh, at that position. You can go you know, running back, running back, receiver. Then you go Justin Fields, whereas he brings that upside of the first three quarterbacks in Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes. I think Justin Fields is right there in terms of his ceiling, but you get a two-round discount. You can load up those much harder positions to find later. I really like taking Justin Fields in round four. I've been heavily investing in him. And the last quarterback that I've gotten a ton of is Justin Herbert in that mid-round range. He goes about a round after Joe Burrow, but I actually have him higher than Joe Burrow, given that Kellen Moore impact. I think this is the situation where we saw Dak 
lighting up the league, about to break fantasy before he got hurt. First, sixth, second uh, in terms of total yards across his season. I love this pairing. I think Brandon Staley is going to really let them light it up. So that's the three quarterbacks I am buying most right now on underdog. The one guy I'll also toss in there if you're really looking for a sleeper is C.J. Stroud. I think the Texans are going to absolutely suck on defense. I think Stroud is the best passer to come in the last couple of years with untapped Konami potential. I don't love the weapons cabinet or Robert Woods is his best guy. I love Tank Dell though. I think he could really emerge as an explosive after the catch guy. Uh, John Mechie, if he gets healthy, I think they're going to be constantly playing catch up. The Texans are. So as a last round stab in a 49ers inspired scheme too, where it makes the, the quarterback's job so easy. I could see CJ Stroud Really impressing. He's the quarterback 25 right now in underdog, right around a quarterback 21 for me. So I like C.J. Stroud as well. So that summarizes the three quarterbacks that I am buying the most. What about the quarterbacks that I am fading the most? That's one last question I want to cover to kind of summarize again my main points. The first one is Deshaun Watson at his quarterback nine price tag. I have him five spots lower than that. I have him below, guys. He is going 20 picks ahead of even 30 picks ahead of Geno Smith, who I prefer. This guy was 16.1 points per game. Quarterback 30 did not look like he had it anymore. Maybe he, I'm wrong. Maybe he proves that he can really rebound that quarterback five, quarterback five, quarterback five, three straight years. Maybe we get back there, but I don't think him and Stefanski are a good fit. I don't think this is going to pan out well for the Browns at all. I also am fading Dak Prescott. Brian Schottenheimer, really, really run heavy, has been outside the top half of the league in pass attempts in 11 of his 12 seasons. The highest he's ever been is 13th. McCarthy's already said, I want to run, 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 run. So even with good weapons and a good track record by Dak, I am fading him decently. And I had been fading Anthony Richardson. I don't know how much more, the more I talked about him, the more I fell in love tonight. So I can't say he's on my big fade list right now. So the next guy I'm lowest on is Derek Carr. I just think the Saints, he's in the top 20 quarterbacks for most. He's outside my top 25 quarterbacks. Run heavy team. Don't think Carr is anything special. Uh, they have Olave. Maybe we get a nice rebound here from Michael Thomas. So yeah, then Derek Carr could pan out okay. But I just think the Saints team is going to be ugly, grinded out. Lean on Kendra Miller, the rookie, Jamal Williams. And you got the, the Taysom Hill vulture there at the goal line as well. So I just don't think Derek Carr brings any type of upside to the table, despite finishing as a top 15 quarterback in many of his seasons. There's just no real upside, in my opinion, to him. So those are the three quarterbacks I am fading the most. All righty, Wolfpack. Whew. That wraps up our quarterback talk. As we went into overall strategy, the tiers, all that good stuff. If you enjoyed it, please do consider hitting that thumbs up button. We have a couple quick questions here. Let's see what we got. Hey, what's going on, Bulldog? Good to see you. Thumbs up do always help. Great seeing you, man. Uh, Roth Tiberius Kane saying he likes Desmond Ritter as a sleeper. That's not one I'm hugely in on. I just wasn't all that impressed by what I saw last year. I do like Drake London. I do think Arthur Smith's a, a solid offensive mind, even if he mismanages Kyle Pitts and some of his most explosive weapons. I just don't think Desmond Ritter's it. I don't. I'd love to hear your case throth, Tiberius Kane. He's right now my quarterback 31. So I am not drafting him at all right now. If I'm drafting late, I'm going Sam Howell. I'm going Matt Jones, uh, two guys that I really like in the same price range as Desmond Ritter. I wouldn't be shocked if they trade for you know, Ryan Tannehill midseason and turn the keys to him. So I, I'm not a 
Desmond Ritter fan at all. Chris, what's going on? Been a hot minute indeed. Uh, waiting for the next season. Absolutely. I cannot wait. That's why we're doing these shows right now to kind of get the juices flowing, get ready for 2023, which I think is going to be incredible. Alrighty, Wolfpack. Well, thank you again so much for being here. All our content is at rotostreetjournal.com. You can find me at rotostreetwolf on Twitter. My rankings, rotostreetjournal.com slash bigboard. There's also best ball specific rankings, which is probably more important at this time of the year because no one's doing real redrafts yet. It's all about that underdog best ball market. Use code RSJ for up to 100 bucks matched for free. Use that code. Use the link in the description, and we'll hook it up with a big match there, and you support your boys as well. Thanks again so much for those of you that tuned in. And a world full of fantasy sheep, be the wolf guys. Later.